0: Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Art Wright, and I'm the pastor here at Williamsburg Baptist Church in historic Williamsburg, Virginia. It's such a beautiful spring day as I sit here in our West Wing, where our offices are located, and uh, it's such a delight to have you tuning in to our podcast. This is the second Sunday of the Easter season. Uh, In some circles, it's known as Holy Humor Sunday. We didn't draw too much attention to that During our own worship service, although I saw some other congregations across the in my social networks did, uh, but certainly we laughed a plenty yesterday. The sermon text is on the final five verses of the Gospel of Matthew, known as the Great Commission. It's Matthew chapter twenty-eight, verses sixteen to twenty. It ends this journey that we've been taking through the Gospel of Matthew for months now, and next week we'll turn the page over to the book of Acts and the story of the early church. But this sermon is called What's Next, and hopefully it's helpful to you in your spiritual life and journey as you think about um, where you are and where you're headed, and um, hopefully it helps you feel a sense of connection to our congregation as well, because Uh, Certainly in this sermon, I do a little bit of thinking and ruminating about what's next for us uh, as we move forward from such a joyous Easter celebration and look to the horizon, wondering where God might be leading us next as a congregation. And we are so glad that you're on the journey with us, even if only digitally. um, But we're so grateful that you're listening to this podcast. Hope it is a blessing to you this week. Thanks again for listening. God bless. Noticed how some churches seem to expect their pastors to tell them what to believe. And sometimes, maybe you've noticed this too, that the pastors of those churches really seem to relish telling their congregations what to believe as well, whether it's about God and theology, or maybe who to vote for, or I don't know what brand of car you should be buying. This is never a responsibility that I've wanted. I've got enough going on in my own life that I don't want to be micromanaging your lives and your theology. And besides, that type of thinking is not particularly Baptist, especially historically speaking, because Baptists believe that we're all supposed to wrestle with Scripture for ourselves and decide for our own selves what it means for our lives and faith. But I'm going to push pause on my own tendencies this morning and lean into my pastoral authority just this once to tell you what to think, Because there's one TV show that is objectively the best TV show of all time, okay? Are you ready for it? The West Wing. Thanks, Fran and Frank. I just have to put my hand over my heart whenever I hear that song. If you haven't seen it, The West Wing is Aaron Sorkin's masterpiece about life in the White House during the presidency of Josiah Bartlett, played masterfully by Martin Sheen. Now I know some of you all are going to protest and mention Schitt's Creek or Ted Lasso or MASH or some other decently enjoyable show, but if you haven't watched The West Wing, it is well worth your time. Okay, there, that's it. I'm going to go back to letting you all think for yourselves, Okay. Beth got me into this show when we first started dating, and I immediately fell in love with the delightful characters and their fast-paced, witty dialogue, their fast-moving walk-in talks through the West Wing offices, while they're trying to deal with one rapid-fire problem after another. There's never a slow day in the White House. The staff seem to wake up at 5 a.m., subsist on subpar coffee, and inevitably stay late and work every night. There's always some major crisis confronting President Bartlett and his staff. They end up during his tenure solving the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, finding a compromise between Republicans and Democrats on social security, and a whole host of other impossible problems. And at the end of many episodes, the characters stand around the president in the office, the Oval Office, catch their breaths for a second, And then the president, President Bartlett, will inevitably say, all right, what's next? And what's next becomes a reminder that the job never stops. There's always something else to do. It's not about relentlessly checking item after item off a never-ending to-do list but it does require that we put to rest the thing that we just accomplished and clear some headspace and focus on the next right thing. Some of our college students probably feel like that during exam season, right? There's still something vital to do. I will say by a brief aside that when I first started working here at Williamsburg Baptist and they told me my office would be in the West Wing, I was really excited. (laughs) Hi, my name's Art Wright. I work in the West Wing. <laughs> I should say that on airplanes. <laughs> Last Sunday, we gathered in this space for Easter Sunday, and it was such a momentous day. If you weren't here, I'm sorry that you missed it because it truly was a celebration on so many levels as we celebrated not only Jesus' resurrection, but also the new life that we're experiencing in our lives and in this community of faith. It was a day that overflowed with joy in just about every way. And the resurrection of Jesus, who meets Mary and Mary after they discover the tomb is empty, is a culminating moment in the Gospel of Matthew. But it doesn't end there. There's still something vital to do. The Gospel of Matthew ends with a big what's next. The last five verses that of Matthew that Erica read are known as the Great Commission. Jesus is risen, and his 11 disciples, sans Judas, return from Jerusalem to Galilee and meet him on a mountain there. Galilee is far from the center of religious and imperial power, and it's right here of all places that a small, scrappy movement is going to take hold and ultimately transform the world be a good reminder for us today. The fact that there are 11 disciples I can't help but think is significant because 11 doesn't feel complete. 11 reminds us that there's still room for at least one more, and it allows us as readers to enter into the narrative ourselves and take our place in Jesus' circle of disciples. And so these 11 gather, and they bow down before Jesus, and they worship him. Some doubt, and we talked about this some last summer, but it bears repeating, faith and doubt in this story are not opposites. Worship and doubt can coexist, and no one has written out of this story just for doubting. Jesus gives all of them a mission, doubters included, Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And look, I will be with you until the very end of the age. That's the end of the Gospel of Matthew that we've been in for months now. It ends not with a period, but with a trajectory. Go, make disciples. And this final passage has undergirded the mission of the Big Sea Church for nearly 2,000 years now. It's a lovely and inspiring passage, one that bears all of our reflection. But we do need to offer a word of caution. Because if we aren't careful, the Great Commission has a colonizing impulse. Go conquer the world with your faith. And Christians have done just that for the last 2,000 years, violently and tragically at times. It has given a big thumbs-up to the worst that our religion has offered the world. But the Great Commission is not about going around and banging the biggest Bible that you can find on people's heads. If it is, we need to get bigger Bibles for the pews. And if it is those, those things, it's antithetical to everything that has come before it in the Gospel of Matthew. Remember the Sermon on the Mount? That's not about shaming people for not believing in God or not going to church. It's not about strong-arming people or using fear as leverage. It's an invitation to an alternative way of life. It's about bringing the kingdom of God here to earth. And it's about building a community rooted in boundless love. It's not about bludgeoning people to pad membership roles or using blunt force theology to convince them that they're wrong and you're right. Making disciples is about living our lives in a way that reflects God's dream for the world, that then becomes an invitation for others. So, what's next? what does this text offer us today here at Williamsburg Baptist Church as we try to follow Jesus from the empty tomb into the world? The book of Acts gives a still clearer answer than Matthew and will actually be in the book of Acts starting next week. And this is the answer that it gives. Be church together. And if we do that we will inevitably transform in life-giving ways. It has been one of the great joys of my life to watch this congregation come back to life in the wake of COVID. As we attempt to follow Christ faithfully together, we are growing into something beautiful. And we are still a church in motion. We have not yet arrived at who we're becoming as we attempt to follow Christ faithfully together, we're continuing to grow and continuing to see something new and beautiful in this space. As I stand here in the pulpit on Sunday mornings and sit in my office in the West Wing during the weekdays, here are three things that I think we should continue to be intentional about as we grow as a church. One, let's continue to double down on community building. I've said this a number of times in the past year, but at least half of us in this room are new since COVID hit, myself included. Lots of churches have had the same faces in their pews for what, five decades or more? And so they know each other and and have developed friendships and trust, and for better or for worse, have patterned ways of being church together. But we find ourselves with this gift of time Uh, being in this moment of creative and energizing life in this congregation. So let's enjoy it as we reimagine what this whole church enterprise looks like to begin with. For example, do you want to start a lunch bunch that walks downtown for lunch once a month after worship to talk about the sermon or get to know new folks? Do you want to restart the ladies' book club or start a queer book club that meets once a month for mutual encouragement and support? Do you want to be a part of a small group or host one? We do have some groups starting right now, and that's exciting. We have a standing invitation to the Fullertons' house to host a youth event at their house. We just need someone to get it organized. Y'all, for years we have prayed for children and youth, and you saw how many just left the room, right? They're here, and we have to step up and make sure that we grow them into disciples. Our staff is small, and we have plenty on our plates, so your input and engagement is vital in this community of life. And the fun, beautiful thing about this moment is we can try and experiment and fail, and we'll figure out to get it out together. Two, we should continue to invite people to engage in discipleship and mission. Worship will always be the heart of what we do as a congregation, but we must offer ways for each of us to grow into our faith and to participate in God's mission in the world. This is the heart of the Great Commission. And third, we've got to continue to cultivate new leadership. You may know that some of our key leaders have been serving in the same capacity for years or even a decade or more at this point. And this faithful leadership core has carried us so faithfully through a really hard season of life during the pandemic. But some of our leaders are tired and deserve a much needed break. And new leadership brings new ideas to the table and is essential to us as we grow. So, do you have a passion for teaching or service or hospitality or administration or leadership or music or technology? We can equip you for just about any task. I'd encourage you to spend some time thinking in the days and months ahead, how might I contribute in this place? What role might I play? By the way, last week when I, offered, I asked for a volunteer from the pulpit to start a TikTok channel and young Elliot responded immediately, I think that was the church record for the fastest response we've ever had to a volunteer request. Friends, when we are church together, we are living out the divine calling at the heart of the Great Commission. When we are church, God's mission in the world will inevitably shine through our light that we share in this community and beyond, and y'all are doing an amazing job, and I am ridiculously proud to be your pastor. Keep up the good work. One thought to close that seems appropriate, thinking about the Great Commission. I got an email this last week from a young woman named Blanca. She lives in Asia, of all places, and found us online. She reached out because she shared that with me that she's attracted to women and is having a hard time reconciling her sexuality with her faith in God. She said she's struggling and people keep telling her that she's going to hell, and she said they prayed that she would die if she doesn't change. And for the life of me, I don't know why she reached out to the pastor of little old Williamsburg Baptist Church in Williamsburg, Virginia. But I get messages literally on a weekly basis at this point of this sort of nature. Some are local and some are on the other side of the world. Church, y'all have created something beautiful in this place that draws people here. It's unique as best as I can tell in the area. Your passion for sharing God's radical welcome with all extends so far beyond these walls that it's hard to fathom. You must be doing something right. I did my best to respond to her with words of affirmation and encouragement and love, and I shared some resources and said, of course we'll be praying for you in the weeks and months ahead. And I can't help but think that in that moment, we as a church are living out the Great Commission. And the gospel is indeed going to the ends of the earth. In this case, thanks to our Instagram page, of all things. There's a global reach to our mission, which is not really our mission to begin with, but it's Christ's mission. And so today, church, this is a word of encouragement. Easter has come. Resurrection has come, but there is still something vital to do, something vital left to be done. So let's keep discovering what it means to be church together. Are you with me? I know you are. All right then. What's next? Amen.